And the title to my message today is Soldiers of the King of Kings. Hallelujah. Isn't that awesome to know that God sees us as his soldiers? Just think about that. He sees us as warriors and soldiers in the kingdom of God. I'm going to pray first and ask you to just welcome, just welcome the power of God and welcome the presence of the Holy Spirit in here. I know he's already here, but we're going to welcome him again and make sure that he knows that he is more than welcome in this house. Hallelujah. Father God, I thank you so much for this opportunity. Father God, we just welcome the power of God. May the power of God fall in this place today, Lord. May you have your way, Holy Spirit. And give, you me, give, give me the utterance to speak as you lead me, and then I'll not speak anything that you did not give me to say. Father, I pray that you will bless each and every one of them by allowing the Holy Spirit to interpret to each one individually here today to receive what you want them to receive from this message that you have placed in my spirit. And Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you all the praise and all the glory. Amen, amen, amen. You know, I've been talking to the Lord and seeking him about what he wants me to share with you. And I realize this conference is called the Whole Heart Believers Women's Conference. So I believe that we have a group of believers here today that want to be prepared to, for, for what's to come. You want to be ready. Don't you want to be ready? We've got a lot of things headed our way. Some of them already have hit us, but we have more stuff headed our way. The Lord has placed it in my spirit to talk to you about how the evil forces coming against you are increasing. He also impressed upon me that we are in a spiritual battle and that it's more important than ever to keep our armor on. So I pray as Paul did in Ephesians 6, 19, he says that the utterance, that the utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly. I pray today that I will be able to open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the kingdom for which I am a servant and an ambassador, that in it, that I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. I pray that I may proclaim it fearlessly as I should. Hallelujah. And I recognize that without, as I said, without the help of the Holy Spirit, I could do nothing. But you know, I don't, I'm never without the Holy Spirit. You, if you are born again, you are never without the Holy Spirit. He's always with you, always. And so I'm so, so thankful that I'm never without the Holy Spirit. Friends, God says that we are in a war, and he wants you to be equipped to do battle so that you can come out victorious. Friends, we cannot, and I repeat, we cannot win this war with feel-good words, tickle-your-ear messages. But we need fighting words. We need God's words. In 2 Timothy 4, 1-4, the New King James Version says, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Paul told Timothy, he said, preach the word. He said, be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, with all long suffering, exhort and teaching, Paul said. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. And that's where we are today. We are where people will not endure sound doctrine. They're always looking for a tickle, make me feel good message. But that message is not going to save you, brothers and sisters. 
But according to their own desires, he said, they're looking for something according to their own desires. He said, because they have itching ears, he said, they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. And I might add today that we all have been given a destiny to fulfill a work to be done for the Lord. And you might ask, well, Pastor Joe, what does a person with itching ears want to hear? Well, I tell you, saints, without God's wisdom, we all want to hear what will foster our own self-interest. What's going to make us feel good? Things that's going to make you feel good about yourself. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with feeling good about yourself and hearing words that make you feel good, as long as there are words that will help you to grow in the Lord. But feel-good words, I want you to listen to this, feel-good words will not help you when Satan comes knocking on your door. As the young lady was just testifying about her healing of the tumor in her ear, she did not get that from a feel-good message. She got that from a laying on the hands and the power of the Holy Ghost. She received that miracle. Hallelujah. We don't always welcome the truth. However, I strive to teach and preach as the Holy Spirit gives me utterance, and it may not always be what you want to hear, but I believe it is what God wants you to hear, for he is the only one who knows what you want to hear. Hallelujah. You know, a good example of this is King Ahab, who wanted prophets to say what he wanted to hear, whether it was true or not. Sometimes we want to, people to tell us things whether it's true or not. They, we, we want to hear what we want to hear, not necessarily what's good for us. It says in 1 Kings 22, it says, The king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, Will you go with me to fight at Ramon Gilead? And Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, He said, I am as you are. He says, My people as your people, my horses as your horses. Also in verse 5, he said, Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, Please inquire for the word of the Lord today. So the Bible says that the king of Israel gathered about 400 of his prophets, and he said to them, Shall I go up against Ramon Gilead to fight, or shall I refrain? So all the prophets said, Go up, go up, for the Lord will deliver it into the hands of the king. But Jehoshaphat said, Hey, wait a minute. Is there not still a prophet of the Lord that we may inquire of him? And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, Well, well, now, there is one, there's still one man, Micaiah, the son of Emma, by whom we may inquire of the Lord. But I hate him, the king said, because he does not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. In other words, he never tells him what he wants to hear. <laughs> and Jehoshaphat said, Let not the king say such a thing. So the king sent Micaiah, it says that the messenger who was sent to Micaiah spoke to him, saying, Now listen, the words of the prophets with one accord encourages the king. So please let your words be like the word of one of them and speak encouragement. In other words, say what we said. And Micaiah said, As the Lord lives, whatever the Lord says to me, he said, I will speak. It's like me. Whatever the Lord says to me, I will preach. If you don't like, you can leave. You know, or you don't have to invite me back. 
But you got to give what the Lord gives you or he's going to quit giving it to you. <laughs> Hallelujah. And he said here, we know from the rest of the story that all the prophets were false prophets and lied to the king and they told him what he wanted to hear. They told him that he would win the battle. But Micaiah told him in verse 17 that he saw all Israel scattered on the mountains as sheep that have no shepherd. And the Lord said, they have, these have no master, for let each one of them return to his house in peace. And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, didn't I tell you that he would prophesy good concern, he, would pro he would not prophesy good concerning me, but evil? And it says in verse 20 that the Lord said, who will persuade Ahab to go up that he may fall? Not conquer, but that he may fall at Ramon Gilead. So one of it, he said, so one spoke in this matter, another spoke in another matter, and then a spirit came forward and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. And the Lord asked, in what way will you do that? The spirit said, I will go out and I'll put a lying spirit in the mouths of all the prophets. And let me stop here and say this, there's a lot of lying spirits a lot of lying spirits that you're seeing on TV, you hear it on the radio, just reading in the paper, a lot of lying spirits. But you know, you ought to know this because God's given you a discerning spirit, brothers and sisters. And you should be able to discern what is of him and what is not of him. Are you hearing me? And you better, you better listen. You don't want to end up like Ahab. You want to listen to the truth, and the truth only. Hallelujah. It says here that Micaiah told the king that the Lord had put a lying spirit in the mouths of all of his prophets, and the Lord had declared disaster against him. But of course, the king didn't believe Micaiah and had him put in jail. But as I said earlier, we know that Ahab was killed in the battle because he chose to believe what he wanted to hear. I'm telling you, and I don't have to tell you much because you already know just by looking around all the things that's going on in the world today. And I know sometimes it's hard to tell who's telling the truth and who's not because you're getting all different kinds of opinions from this side and that side and from this person and that person. But you better be seeking the Lord on who to listen to if you can't discern for yourself because it could be a, a matter of life and death for you or your family. And we are reaching, we are reaching to that end. Hallelujah. Say sometimes we're all guilty of this. We even try to convince ourselves of things sometimes. But my prayer is that we will not have itching ears when it comes to God's truth, when it comes to the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is only God's truth, his word, that we can do battle against the devil and win. Hallelujah. Are you hearing me? I'm going to try my best to stay with my notes, like I said, as I usually do. I want to make sure that you get it the way that the Lord has given it to me. I don't want him being upset with me, <laughs> except, of course, when he wants to add things. And I trust that the Holy Spirit to help me, to help you to learn what the proper dress is for God's soldiers and for his warriors, because that's what you are. You are a child of God. You are soldiers, you are warriors and ambassadors for Christ. Hallelujah. The Lord has impressed upon me that some of you here today, 
are tattered and torn and bloody from your battles. He says, as a matter of fact, he's, as a matter of fact, I was beaten and bloody myself a short time ago, and I'm going to share that with you later, how I became untattered and I became victorious. The Lord has impressed upon me that some of you have either forgotten to put on the armor that he has equipped you with, or you've left part of your armor off. According to Ephesians 6, the Lord is saying that he has provided you with the right type of spiritual armor so that you can go through your battle without being affected by it. He says he has provided for you clothing that will cause you to live victoriously. Clothing that will give you protection from Satan's fiery darts. That, that is what, that's what the shield of faith is for. It is to protect you against those fiery darts. It quenches the fiery darts. And it helps you to remain where he's placed you and in having all done, stand, he said. When you've done all you can do, stand. In Ephesians 6.13, it says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Hallelujah. You need the whole armor of God. That's God's clothing for you. Most of you, I didn't read all of that in Ephesians 6, but most of you born-again believers are familiar with Ephesians 6. And the verse 11, it says, Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. What are strategies? Saints, it's a plan of action that the devil has put together to destroy you. There are schemes sought out to deceive you. He is the chief deceiver. We already know that. The word strategy, is it's a military phrase. It is a term that comes from the Greek strategia, meaning generalship. Synonym, it is a plan for military operations and movements during a war or battle or the deployment of troops. Saints, a soldier in battle is fully aware of who he is fighting and he knows his enemy's tactics. And you have to know your enemy too. Are you hearing me? We need to recognize that the battleground for spiritual warfare is in your heart and in your mind. Paul tells you in Colossians 2, 8, in the New Living Bible, says, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. Hallelujah. And as I mentioned earlier, I was beaten and blooded myself a short time ago. The strange thing was, I was never physically hit. No one ever laid a hand on me, but I felt like I had been beaten severely. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt like that you've been physically beaten and bruised and blooded and nobody has ever even laid a hand on you? When you're under attack, like someone's beating up on you. Well, my pain was all on the inside. You know, sometimes we have all that pain is on the inside of us. I had received an email from someone and the words cut like a surgeon's scalpel, sharp. With every word I read, I became more bruised and blooded and I thought, oh, Lord, help me, because I really cared about this person. I really loved this person, and I knew this person really loved me, too. But they were allowed, that this person was allowing the devil and his demons to use them. 
He, this is how the enemy works. As you, you have to keep in mind, and we're talking about the form of God, it tells us in there that we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, but we're wrestling with principalities in the darkness of this world. So actually, I really wasn't wrestling with this person. This per The devil was using this person to uh, hurt me. And it, it's never the person. It's never the flesh and blood. It's always the darkness and the principalities of this world that's coming against you. So you should always keep that in mind, and I think it'll help you to be a little bit more forgiving of the person that the enemy is using, because it, it's, we're all guilty of that. The enemy uses all of us when he can. As long as when we put our, uh, get our barriers down, the enemy's going to come in. That's why it's so important for us to walk in, in the will of God at all times and just stay as close to our Father as we can get. Because the closer you get to him, the less likely the enemy is going to be able to come in and attack you. But also keep in mind that the enemy is going to always try to stop you from doing God's work. At this particular time when the enemy was coming against me, I was in the middle of preparing for a three-day revival up in the mountains. And so he didn't want this, he did not want this revival to take place. He did not want the word of God to be uh, delivered to these people in the mountains. He did not want the miracles that took place in that, uh, in that uh, revival to happen. One person got out of a wheelchair. Another person that couldn't move her arm is now writing books. So God, the devil knows these things are going to happen, and he don't want them to happen. So he's going to do whatever he can to prevent you, and, and he's going to stop you in other ways from other things, anything he can do to distract you. And especially if you're all about God's work, he's going to do even more. I heard somebody ask me, uh, I think about a week ago, they said, well, Pastor Joe, you know, you've been teaching the word for a long time. They said, does the devil, does the devil still bother you? And I thought, give me a break. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, more you, the more you teach, the more you, pre the more you work for the Lord, the bigger the target you become. You know, you, you're not, if you're not doing anything for the Lord or you're not doing anything, he don't have any reason to bother you. He still will. But you become a really big target. Hallelujah. But like I said, it really wasn't this person. It was the demons working through them. Satan started with this person by planting a seed in this person, and the seed began to grow. Saints, this is where Satan always begins. He begins with a seed of some sort. It could be anything, whatever he thinks that you're going to buy into, whatever button that he can push. It could be a seed of doubt, a, a seed of fear, a seed of jealousy. You know, they're all seeds. They're all deception. They're all lies. Are you hearing me? As a matter of fact, just recently, you know, this thing happened. Uh, it's kind of a personal thing, so I won't get into it just a couple of days ago. But the enemy knows what buttons to push. And, and he's going to use and, and that person that is pushing your button probably don't even know he pushed your button. But Satan knows he's pushing your button. He wants to cause strife. He wants to cause discord. And he's going to do it every chance he gets. And so my button got pushed. So it took me a few hours to get over it. <laughs> you know, and there again, you know that these people, they love you and you love them. But, it, you know, it, with Satan, it doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, it probably pleases them even more. You know, 
He'll, he'll sow one seed, like I said, and that person accepts that one seed, then, he, then he's going to water it with a few more thoughts until it becomes full grown, and that's what happened to the person that took the seed here. You know, saints, I really couldn't even pray for a few hours. You know, sometimes we get so beaten and battered and bruised that we, we don't even know how to pray, even though we are spirit-filled, walking Christians, and we pray. Maybe we're prayer warriors, but sometimes things will happen to you that you don't even know how to pray. You don't even know where to begin. And so you just sit there. And like most of you, that's what I did. I did what the devil wanted me to do. I just sat there. And I just sat there and I hurt and I bled trying to figure out where all this stuff was coming from because that's what we normally do. Instead of calling on the Lord where this is what we should be doing, calling on the Lord to help us, we're sitting there trying to figure out where did all this stuff come from? What did I do to that person? Or, or what caused that person to do that? Or why would they say that? Or why would they do that? I, I love that person. They, I, I did this for I do that for Why would they do that? You're not going to get any answers because they don't even know themselves why they did it. They're probably not even aware. I don't think this person, to this day, this person's not even aware that it happened because I never let them know. No need to let everybody know everything. You know, there's a lot of people that can hurt you and usually the ones that's the closest to you. But that don't mean that you've got to have it out with them. Let, Lord, let God handle it. God handled it, so when he handled it, there was no need for me to carry it any further because that would just cause more hurt, more pain, and the devil would love that too. I, like I said, I just sat there trying to figure out where it's coming from, but all of a sudden, saints say all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit began to show me what I must do. And he was showing me that I could only win this battle if I got off of Satan's territory. You got to get off of Satan's territory. Are you hearing me? His territory, saints, was having the wrong kind of thoughts. That's his territory. If he can get you to take those thoughts, he's making headway. I had to stop those thoughts by bringing those thoughts into captivity that he kept putting into my mind. And I had to get back on the holy ground and begin to think like Jesus. Jesus said he'd give us a Christ-like mind, and you had to begin to think like him. In other words, I had to pull out my sword, pick up my sword and begin to swing it, and that's what I did. I had to speak fighting words, God's words, because that's my weapon. God's words is the only thing that's going to win any battle for you. That's the only thing that's going to win the battle of the things that we are enduring today, the things that we are uh, suffering with our government and the things around us and the government, the White House, our schools and all this stuff going on with the COVID virus. The only thing that's going to do anything is if you speak the word over it. Just as, just as the word was spoken over that tumor and it died, just as the word spoken over it, uh, anything else that said it, God's word moves. You got to work the word. The word will work. You got to work the word. Know that this universe was only create was created when God spoke it into existence. 
He spoke everything into existence. He created us into his image and into his likeness. And he expects us to imitate him. He said he wants us to imitate. He said, imitate your father. So when you imitate your father, that means you start speaking to things. You stop, you start, you start putting up with stuff. And you begin to you begin to bring it into captivity. You begin to speak to your mountains. You begin to speak to your situations. You begin to speak to that pain. You begin to speak to that hurt. Are you hearing me? You're just, you're going to have to speak. God's word, God is his word. John, the gospel of John says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and he is his word. He is the word. Jesus is the word. Nothing happens without the word. And let me tell you something else, too. You might want to go back and read in the book of Genesis chapter 1 all over again. Those of you that are waiting on stuff and trying to do things yourself, and trying to help God out. He don't need your help. If you'll read that, he did everything by himself. He spoke everything. He created everything for us. And then he rested. And I believe in Hebrews, it tells us to rest. Rest don't mean that you don't quit. That you sit on your, like you said, your holier or whatever there. But it means <laughs> you do things but you, you don't have to be trying to help him do it. You ask him and let him do what God does best. There's no way that you can do it anyway. I found that out sometimes the hard way. And I'm still learning. We all are. You know, I, I'm in school. <laughs> Probably going I will be in school until Jesus calls me home. Hallelujah. Like I said, keep in mind that your battle is not with flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, and also that the devil disguises himself as an angel of light. This is why it's so easy for him to deceive us. It's because he doesn't, um, he doesn't show you things like it's really going to be, you know, when he's tempting somebody. Um, whether it's a sex thing he's tempting with, he doesn't show them the fact that, you know, if they, if they fall for that temptation and they take that person out, that it might ruin their marriage, they might lose their children, they might lose their job. Uh, you know, he don't show them that. It does so if you're, you're smoking cigarettes, which I did for many years, and I thank God I've been free from those for 25 years. But God can deliver you from anything, no matter what. What was a sex thing, cigarette thing, alcohol thing, drug thing, doesn't matter. God can set you free. And the Bible says, whom the, God says, who the Son sets free is free indeed. And I feel like I've never had a cigarette in my mouth or any alcohol either. He delivered me from all of it, you know. When I accepted the Lord, all went. <laughs> and it wasn't hard. It just, I don't know, it just disappeared. You know, I remember first time I was a scotch and soda girl. And I can remember, and, and went to a lot of meetings because I was involved in every organization. I had a couple of business. I was involved in everything, you know, that moved. And, and we'd have all these meetings, you know, and always you know, get, you know, get your scotch on the rocks and your scotch, you know, and you always got to have the best, you know. And, uh, and I remember uh, the first meeting I went to after I became a Christian, because that day, my life changed. I don't know about you. But that day that I accepted Jesus, my Lord and Savior, my whole life turned upside down. And I went in there. I went up to the bar, and I asked for a club soda. 
It just came out of my mouth. Nothing's gone in it since. You know, so it was, it was not, maybe everybody wasn't that easy. The smoking was a little bit, uh, that was more of a challenge. But we got through it. We got through it. You know, some things goes like that, and some things takes a little bit more faith, a little bit more practice, a little bit more word. Got to give it a little bit more word. <laughs> when the Holy Spirit reminded me of this, the very first thing I did was say to the Lord, I forgive them, and I pray that you'll forgive them too. When somebody hurts you, the first thing you want to do is say, Lord, I forgive them, and I pray that you will forgive them too. Please don't hold this against him. Think about Jesus. You know, I got to thinking about Jesus on the cross and all he had suffered for me so I could be victorious. And I got to thinking, Lord, this is peanuts. Peanuts compared to what you suffered. So I began to thank God and glorify God for making me the overcomer, causing me to triumph over my enemy. And according to John 16, 33, the Lord said, in this world, he says, you will have tribulation, but take courage, he says, for I have overcome the world for you. Remember that the word but negates everything that came before it. So in that sentence, the Lord said, in this world, you will have tribulation, but forget about that. That negate, negates that. Take, he said, but take courage, he said, for I have overcome the world for you. And at the next day at church, I just continued to praise him. And I asked the Lord to hide my pain in him, for he is our hiding place. Brothers and sisters, God is our hiding place. He is our refuge, no matter what you're going through out here this afternoon. And all those that are watching online, if you're going through anything out there, God is your hiding place. He is your refuge. And according to Psalms 119 and 114, it says, You are my hiding place and my shield. I put my hope in your word. Hallelujah. And he did hide me, praise God. You know, when the Lord takes a hold of you and he hides you, and you, if you do things his way, if you forgive that person, let it go. Ask God to forgive them. Don't hold it against them. Ask God to take care of it. He will take the pain. He took the pain. It was just like the lady that had the tumor removed. It was like, I don't know what happened to it. It just left. Saints, all the, devils, all the devil was trying to do was to throw up a smoke screen, a distraction, or anything that he could to prevent me from getting the message put together that I was working on. He did not want the people to hear what the Lord had for them, just like he was attacking me again in a different way in my body over the past six weeks. But as always, the Lord took what the devil meant for my harm and used it for his glory, and he'll always do that. He'll take what the enemy means for your harm, and he's going to use it for your glory, like he did for Joseph in, in um, Genesis uh, chapter 50, verse 20. Hallelujah. We know that he just, uh, Joseph told him, he said, you know what you meant for my harm? God has taken it and used it for his glory. As a matter of fact, uh, Joseph told his brothers, he said, God knew this was going to happen. He sent me on ahead because he knew that these things won't take place. 
He knew that Pharaoh was going, to need, was going to be in trouble. He knew that Egypt was going to be in trouble. And he sent Joseph ahead of time. And he was to be there just in the right place at just the right time. So he, he didn't hold it against his brothers. And he'll do the same thing. Remember, according to 1 John 4, 4, the greater one, the greater one lives in you. And you are all God's warriors. You may not feel like a warrior this afternoon. You may not feel like a soldier this afternoon. But children of God, we are encouraged to remember that Satan and his forces have already been defeated and disarmed by Christ Jesus himself. So I want you to remember that no matter what happens in the future, God is always on our side. As the young lady was saying earlier, he's never going to leave us. He's never going to desert us. He's always going to take care of us. We don't have to worry. The Bible tells us in Matthew not to worry about tomorrow. He said you're going to have enough troubles today. And we are going to have enough things today to worry about. We don't have to worry about tomorrow. He said tomorrow will take care of itself. But did you know that's uh, statistically proven that so many people die early. They go home to be with the Lord a lot sooner than the Lord intended. And, and two of the main causes that they go home early is through fear and stress and doubt, but mostly in fear and worry. God tells you don't worry. He tells you, and I'm going to just read the whole chapter. I think it's in Matthew 6. But just read the whole thing. He said, don't worry about this. Don't worry about that. I've got it covered. Didn't I just tell you in the book of Genesis? He said, I've done, done, done it all. He said, so you don't have to do anything. I, I don't, you know, I know we do try to help him. I try to help him too because sometimes I think he needs some. You know, but he doesn't need my help. He doesn't need your help. But you know, I found out too, the sooner I recognize that he doesn't need my help, the sooner it gets done. Okay, I want to thank all of you for coming today. It's been a pleasure to be here. We're going to close in prayer. And I pray that the Lord has blessed you in some way. I do feel like that the Holy Spirit has interpreted this message to each one of you individually and that you did receive something that maybe if you don't, it didn't, you won't think about it today. But maybe tomorrow or next week when you encounter something, the Lord is going to bring it back to you. It could be something as simple as, Lord, I forgive them. Remember what Jesus said. He said, I forgive them. Forgive them for they know not what they do. Remember that most people don't know what they're doing because they don't know that they're being maneuvered and manipulated by the devil himself. And he's doing it for a purpose. He's trying to stop you from something that you need to be doing, whether it's for the Lord or something else. He's trying to interfere. And so try to keep that in mind, okay? Father God, I thank you this afternoon. I thank you for the power of God. I thank you for the anointing of the Holy Word. I thank you, Father, that your word is sharper than a two-edged sword. I thank you, God, that it'll cut through bone and marrow, even to the divide of the spirit and the soul. I thank you, Father God, that your word is like a 
a, a rock that, uh, that breaks into pieces the most stubborn resistance. And I thank you, God, that we've got a lot of stubborn resistance going on in our world today. But I thank you, Father, that there's nothing that the word, word cannot accomplish. And I thank you, Father. I pray, Father God, that you will put a bridle on the tongue of the people in here today. Put a bridle on their tongue and a guard on their mouth at all times, lest they should sin against thee. I pray, Father God, that they will recognize that their, their weapon is the word of God, that the power is in the word of God, and that when they swing that sword of the Spirit with the word of God, no matter what the circumstance and what, what the situation is, it will conquer, it will overcome, and they will come out victorious. And Father, we give you the praise and we give you the glory. You're all deserving and we honor you and we worship you and we thank you in Jesus' name. We give you all the praise and all the glory. Amen.